streaming live soon. Well, praise the Lord. This is another day that God has made. And it's a great day to rejoice and be glad in it. Because He is here. He's with you always. He never leaves you nor forsakes you. He's always watching out for you continually, every single day. You know, we have a Father that loves us because we're His children. We decided that we're going to be His child. And it's a great thing. It just blows me away. Today we're going to look at John chapter 21, verses 20 through 23. John chapter 21, verses 20 through 23. All right? Now, let's see what we can find out. Then Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following, who also had leaned on his breast at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? And uh, Peter, uh, seeing him, I said to Jesus, But Lord, uh, what about this man? And Jesus said to him, If if I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. Then this saying went on among the the brethren, and that this disciple would not die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he would not die, but... If I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? Well, I want to talk this morning about discipleship. Discipleship. Back in uh, March of 1974, God grabbed hold of my life and said, Well, I want you. And uh, I gave my life to Jesus. I gave it completely to Him. And then in that summer, I went uh, to prepare a retreat for the youth, and I was reading a book, the autobiography of Oral Roberts, called The Call. Well, out of that book, there's a chapter, chapter 10, and for some, some reason I was reading it again this morning. I just picked it up, and there it was again. Uh, Return to the Methodist Church. Uh, I think that spoke to me uh, back in 1974. <laughs> uh, you see, after 20 years of ministry, after 20 years of ministry, Paul Roberts was called to go back into the Methodist Church. And he did. And they, matter of fact, they accepted him uh, even as a spirit-filled, tongue-talking Christian. He acknowledged that fact and they still wanted him. That was amazing. Uh, Old Roberts University was accepted. And that's what uh, God had planned because, you see, when I got there, it was accepted by the Methodist Church when I went to Oral Roberts University, so therefore I could come into the Methodist Church through that seminary that was there. God works all things out. Ah, just unbelievable. So when I read that, Return to the Methodist Church, I said, uh, Lord, what are you calling me to do? Uh, he called me to be a pastor and to return to the Methodist Church. 
Now, God is very specific. And you do that regardless of how you feel, regardless of what you think, regardless of what you are, regardless of whether it makes sense or not. He's always asking you to do something that sometimes you've got to be kidding. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, uh, but, but everyone, everyone has a call on their life. Now, you may not have a call to be a pastor or an evangelist or full-time ministry, but you're still called to, in discipleship to Jesus. Everyone is called. Everyone is called. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. My wife's going to read that. Ephesians 4, 1. Walk worthy of vocation. That that's that's a good word there too. Is walk worthy of the calling. But you know, some people go into a vocation, but that vocation should be assigned by God for you to go into. That was one thing about Old Roberts University. They did not uh say, I want you uh what what job would you like? Uh what profession would you like to go into? They were concerned about what is God calling you to do and in that profession, how He can use you to be His witness. That's what the whole education there was all about. Not to get a job, but to be a witness in the particular profession that God was calling you into. So everyone is called into a vocation, called to do the work of the Lord, called to be His disciple. Now, everyone has that, but there are specifics. For instance, my personality is not the same as my wife. Okay? I'll testify to that. God, forgive, forgive John, for he knows not what he's saying. <laughs> and I'll testify to that too. I agree with you, John. That uh, I am different than she is, and but together we make one. How about that? Uh, together we complement each other. She gets on my case, I get on her case. No, <laughs> no, we didn't say that. But anyway, but we each have different personalities. We each have a place in the body of Christ to function as His disciples. We're called into the body of Christ. We're called just not to go get saved, and then go do our thing. We have a responsibility to follow Jesus, and each one of us are different. Now, take for instance, uh, here in this Scripture, we're dealing with two people. One, Peter. Two, John. Uh-huh. Okay. Peter is certainly different than John. Uh, yeah. Uh, Peter is... Uh, I'm going to hit you over the head if you don't get it right. <laughs> and uh, forceful and daring. Uh, he was the one that uh, Jesus said uh, came walking on the water and, okay, I'm going to do this too. <laughs> he got out and walked on. Everybody else stayed in the boat. Uh, Peter was also the one that was uh, rebuked by Christ because, uh, see, Jesus said, listen, I've got to go to Jerusalem 
and I'm going to be crucified and I'll be risen from the dead. And Peter said, oh, no, we're not going to let you do that. <laughs> and and Jesus said, just get behind me, Satan. And uh, he was also one that denied Christ three times. Denied anything. But, and, and Jesus eventually, as we looked at uh, in this previous scripture in chapter 21 of John, he was commissioned to feed the sheep. I, I, I had, matter of fact, I had to tell him three times. You got this is your job. I want you to feed my sheep. So, and then he started leading the disciples in Acts chapter one. He was the leader. I mean, after he got filled with, before he got filled with the Spirit, he was even leading them, telling them what to do. We got to go pray. We got to gather together. We got to consider this and that, and then on the day of Pentecost, boy, he rose up and preached. Boy, I tell you, he was bold. And then in Acts chapter ten, he was called to the Gentiles, and he said, "I and just uh huh, right? That doesn't make sense, but he did it anyway. He obeyed. Okay, now John, John was especially close to Jesus." I mean, he was like, a, well, you know, Peter was the one that denied him. Who was standing at the cross with Jesus' mother? John. You see, G- John was there. He didn't run away. Peter did. But John had his head on the Savior's breast, you know, just sitting next to him, loving on him. That was John, but John was also ambitious and zealous. Just as uh, in Mark chapter uh, 10, uh, John along with James said, Hey, uh, we want to sit on your right side. <laughs> you know, we're going we're to be important. <laughs> and also in Luke chapter 9, um, when Jesus was rejected by the Samaritans, well, if that's the way they're going to act, we're going to call down fire from heaven. We're going to burn them up. Yeah, whoa, uh, well, okay. But if you notice that in the Scriptures, John was, and I've got it emphasized in my notes, with Peter. In other words, he wasn't uh, exactly taking charge. <laughs> he went with Peter. <laughs> he was with Peter when the man was healed at the gate, what, beautiful? At the gate, beautiful. He was with Peter. He was with Peter when they went uh, to proclaim the uh, in Samaria after Peter, after Philip had gotten to the point where he got them all saved and everything, then he went with Peter to proclaim the Holy Spirit. So John was all of, you know, he was there. He'd follow, you know. He'd do what uh, the leader would say he would do. But Peter, he was, he was it. He was going to take charge. You had to follow him. <laughs> okay, well... Everyone has their call. Everyone is different. But everyone has the same thing in their call. To obey. To obey. No matter what that call is, you are called to obey completely. No leave, no, no doubt. You've got to obey. No matter what takes place, no matter what's happening, 
you are called to obey. All to obey. And I'm going to uh, turn over to Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. And this is a very familiar scripture. And starting with verse 25, And a great multitudes were with uh, Jesus. And He turned and said to them, uh, See, uh, listen, uh, I see you're following me, and uh, I'm going to tell you what the qualifications are. <laughs> that if you really want to follow me and obey me, you have to do this. You have to uh, uh, hate your father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters. Yes, your own life itself. Uh, if you don't do that, you can't be my disciple. In other words, if you don't love me more than your family and yourself, forget it. You can't follow me. You've got to give it up. You've got to give it up. Now, you'll still have those relationships, but they won't be as important as following Jesus. That's what he's saying. Now, then he goes on and talks about, uh, well, uh, if you're going to follow me, you better count the cost because <laughs> it's going to cost you everything that you have in your life. It's going to cost yourself. You better Sit down right now and, and don't just make a, a snap decision. You've got to, I, am I really going to do this? Because Jesus goes on and says, uh, whoever does not forsake all cannot follow me. In other words, you may be involved in ministry and doing something, and Jesus says, I want you to do this. Uh Huh? But I'm over here, Jesus. I'm serving you right here. But uh, forsake all. Gotta, in other words, I can't get firmly planted somewhere. I remember that in the Methodist Church down in South Georgia. I did not dare get uh, firmly planted in the church because God was moving. God was moving me here, there, and everywhere for His purpose, not for my purpose. If I had my purpose, I'd stayed in one church for 20 years. But that wasn't His will for my life. So therefore, I had to choose. Am I going to forsake everything that I want and to serve Him? That's what Jesus said. If you're going to be my disciple, you've got to follow me. You see, Jesus was talking to Peter and said, Listen, I've called you to feed the sheep. Now, don't you be so concerned about John. What's that to you? Don't don't try to figure out what somebody else ought to be doing. That's, that's not your job. That's my job, Jesus would say. You do your work. You obey what I want you to do and let me handle someone else and guide and direct them. Don't you dare try to do it, Peter. I know how strong you are. I know you'd overrun John for sure. You just do what I've called you to do. So that's what Jesus wants in our lives, to be His disciple. We have a specific, specific, specific call on our life. It is definite. It will not change until God says so. Now, when I came to Athens uh, with Rick Bonfell Ministries, 
back in 2013, I came here to serve the Lord. I came here to minister in this ministry here. But what God really was doing with me was healing me so that I could go back to what He had originally called me to be, to be a pastor. He was preparing me to get back into my call. And sometimes you may have to do that. <laughs> you get beat up one side down the other and you don't know which way is up or down. And the next thing you know, you need healing somewhere. Uh, commercial uh, Rick Bonfilm Ministries is a good place to come get healing. Okay? I'm not talking about necessarily physical, but that's necessary too at times. But I'm talking about emotional and deep-rooted bitterness and unforgiveness and stuff that's in you that needs to come out so that you can go on and continue to serve the Lord. And that's what happened with me. Because I had a lot of that in me towards the Methodist Church. <laughs> towards those that said, we don't want you. Yeah. So, anyway, now I'm in a church that everyone loves me. Hmm. Even the district superintendent. Woo, mercy. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, <laughs> you can't beat that? Well, let's go on here. I'm getting a little personal here, but that's all right. So, we, we, uh, we had multitudes follow Jesus, but then he said, listen, if you're really going to follow me, this is what you got to do. You got to obey. You got to obey me. Totally. Uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 5, John. By whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. So we have received grace. <laughs> you know, to be obedient, we need God's grace. We need his help. Now, I, because, I, you know, i got to look up the word grace. Here we go. It comes from the Greek root meaning joy, to rejoice. <laughs> yeah. So you know what that really means? It really means I'm going to rejoice in the undeserved blessing of God's favor on my life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> Even though things may not work out like I think they should, I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to obey Him regardless and all the way. You know, that's what we started off with. This is the day. You see, I, I have a problem. My problem is I'm thinking of tomorrow. Get out of tomorrow. All these thoughts, you know. I, I need to today, today, today. Today is the only day that I have. Tomorrow is not here. Yesterday is gone, so serve the Lord today. So I'm going to rejoice, rejoice in Him, and I'm going to have obedience. That what it said to have obedience to the faith. Obedience, okay. What does that mean? Uh, I hope you've been doing this this morning as I've been talking to you, attentive listening. Mm-hmm. You know that people they can listen. And they really don't hear anything because they're not paying attention to what's going on. So that's what obedience means. I'm going to listen attentively to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ 
and my Heavenly Father and the Holy Spirit as to what I need to do today to obey. I'm going to listen now. It also means to listen closely in order to comply with complete submission. (laughs) I'm going to listen to the point that I'm not going to say no. (laughs) Okay, Father, if that's what you want, so be it. My mind said, oh gosh, here we go again. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway. Because I, 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 I want to please my Father. I want to please Him. So I'm going to be in complete submission to Him. <laughs> That's how much I'm going to listen to Him. I'm not going to be like the children that we had growing up. You know how children... <laughs> Yeah, come on now, you know everybody else the same way, isn't it? You know everybody else is the same way? Children are all the same. They you think they're listening, but they really don't hear you. Why? Because they go off and do their own thing. And that's the way it is. But praise the Lord, the scripture does say if you train up a child in the way they should go, they will not depart. So I've got four beautiful children that have not departed from the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, Jesus. You see, they they finally grabbed hold of what they heard. Sometimes it takes that with us, doesn't it? Oh, praise the Lord. Well, uh, how about Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8 there, Betty? Yes. Um, This is Paul writing to the church at Ephesus. To me, the very least of all saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ. So the grace was given to him to preach to the Gentiles. Boy, see, that's what is needed for him to fulfill the call of God on his life to be able to have that grace to do what Gentiles, sinners, these foul people. Well, I mean, he was against the Jews. He was against everybody. But now he's out preaching the good news. Now, I'm going to turn to Second Corinthians chapter 12. Second Corinthians chapter 12. And we're going to wind up with this. Second Corinthians chapter 12, very familiar scripture. It follows up with what Paul the Apostle would go through and all he had to deal with. And this is what he came up with. 12, starting with verse 7. Unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelations. <laughs> I had to stop right there because... God gives, I'm not anything special. God just pours out revelations into me. And, uh, you know, you can get a big head. You can get, take. well, you know, I got it all now. And Paul could have gotten that way too. But then it goes on and says, a thorn in the flesh was given to him. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't care for one. (laughs) You know? Uh, it, it hurts. As a matter of fact, it's beating on me now. But it, <laughs> it just hurts. It hurts because, you see, 
I'm teaching and preaching the Word of God, and He gives me the revelation, and then God just sort of, well, okay, now settle down, Frank. You've got to remind yourself that it's not you, it's me. And Paul had to get to that place, and it was given to him a messenger of Satan to buffet him. Well, I don't know about you, but uh, buffeting means to beat. Oh, God, help me. <laughs> Lest I should be exalted above measure. Oh. Well, even when you're serving the Lord, you've got to watch out that you don't get that importance that I'm it. I've got it all together now. No, you don't. It's not you in the first place. It's the Holy Spirit in you, working in and through you for the glory of the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. Get it off of me, Lord. Come on. Uh, but he said to me, My grace, there's that word again, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities than in the power of Christ may rest upon me. So even in my obedience, even though I'm walking out in my obedience to God, things might happen that, that I... What in the world is going on? But my, the grace of God is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. He will keep me strong even though I feel weak. Now, I don't know what to teach. I have no idea what to teach. And John, John, uh, that's, uh, John done that is, not the Gospel of John. <laughs> He he said, "How I start with, with verse twenty, and I said, "Okay, well, there ain't much here, <laughs> no." But God said, "Yes, there is." Uh, to teach on discipleship, and then He began to unfold it as to the specifics of it, as to obeying it. You see, it's got to be Him in your call. You don't fulfill the call. He does through you. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Because you don't have the ability. He does. Now, I told you all before, who in the world would call a stutterer to preach? That's what he did with me. Did not. It have to be him to get the words out. So don't think that when He calls you that, oh, I don't think I can do this. You're right. You can't. Only He can. And He will fulfill the call in you and bring it to pass that it brings all glory to Him and not to you. Hallelujah. And I thank God for that. Oh, praise the Lord. Let me pray for you today. For it's a, a joy to be here today and to really minister to you. We have an exciting word that we are called to be His disciple. Now, will you take that up? Will you take that up fully and to, to really do what He's wanting you to do and to obey, forsaking all? Let me pray for you because it's a, it's a big decision. 
But guess what? It's the only decision that you need to make is to follow Him. Father, today, today, we're not going to have any more doubts. We're not going to have any more worries, any more anxieties or fears. We're going to completely obey. I'm going to trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not upon my own understanding. In all my ways, God, I'm going to acknowledge you and you're going to direct every step that I take. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Senhor, eu vejo o mundo triste, atribulado pela ação de Satanás. Clamando no 